G'day friends, it's Stacey Morgan here. If you're a busy businesswoman juggling your own journey of entrepreneurship, and if you're a fan of Regold's Dance Life podcast, then I know you'll love my podcast, How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. We release episodes every week on a Wednesday morning. Listen and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Teacher Conference. No, <laughs> that's not the name of this. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. It's because we've been talking so much about the fabulous Regold's Dance Life Teacher Conference, which we hope that you will come to next year. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Regold's Dance Life Teacher Conference at the Mohegan Sun in July of next year. Please make sure you are there. We will definitely be there. But for today's episode for the podcast, I'm talking to Regold. Hey, Re. Hey, Stace, how's it going, my friend? Really, really well. Um, we are back in the swing of things. Um, we are heading into competition season here in Australia. So um, everybody's feeling a bit, you know, teachers are getting cranky when kids are missing from rehearsals and um, parents are getting cranky that their kids have to be at so many rehearsals. <laughs> and, you know, just the, just the usual, <laughs> just the usual stuff. Sounds exciting. <laughs> I love my job. Here we're we're just beginning. We're we're launching our seasons and uh starting fresh. It's kind of exciting. Beautiful. That's one of the cool, cool things about our our field. It's a fresh start on an annual basis. Yes. And I like that. Yeah. You and I were talking off air about the lessons that we've learned in business and um and more specifically, the lessons that we continue to learn in business, because these lessons, sometimes we have to learn them a couple of times before we, before we really, really learn them. But sometimes we continue to make mistakes. Yes. And <laughs> I think it's, it's the kindness side of us. So we're getting deep right away. I'm going to go yeah. here with you <laughs> so now that student that you've gone above and beyond to make sure that they have what they need maybe you've given them discounts on tuition whatever you've gone above and beyond to help them out because you feel that they deserve it or that they have potential yeah then a certain period of time goes by and they or their parents take advantage of your kindness mm -hmm. notice how nice i'm being yeah, with all of you this. are <laughs> and so whatever happens happens probably a negative ending to this situation and you say to yourself I'll never do that again. Doing that again. I knew what you were going to say before you even said it. <laughs> I'm never going to let myself feel, feel this, way. this way. It hurts. Yep. And then some other kid needs something and you're like, well, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Right. Yep. So now I'm not saying that's a lesson that needs to be learned because it's a, it's, the lesson of our field but it's not like we could ever stop yeah doing 
that for people. So that's what I mean by lessons not learned, though I'm not sure that's the right way to say it. Now, lessons learned in business, in my mind, at the beginning stages, it's the lessons learned that make us successful in the long run. It's the lessons learned where you go, what made me think of that idea? That did not work at all. Yeah. <laughs> and you may go home and be a little upset. Maybe it didn't make you look good in front of your clientele, whatever it was. But in reality, what just happened there was, I know <clears throat> sounds too logical, but you'll never do that again. You'll carry that lesson mm -hmm. with you. You will become smarter and better at what you do. So lesson learned are not a bad thing, even if they feel bad during the period of time yeah. that you're going through them. Ooh, I'll get a little more ph ph philosophical about that. Uh, a lesson learned might hurt for years before you realize it was a lesson learned. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> are, you, are you pointing at me? I feel like no. you're reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not. I promise. So what, so I, what would you... Go oh, ahead. Well, you I was going to say what I was thinking about when you were we're talking about that lesson about, you know, the child that you give, you know, go ab above and beyond for and then end up leaving and you feel devastated and hurt. And then you talked about learning from lessons. I, th that's very much my story in my studio is that I would, you know, be generous and, and give what I could give and go above and beyond for a family and then they would leave and then I would be devastated and then the cycle would start again. And I did it several times for several years before I actually learned the lesson and the lesson for me was it's okay for me to be generous. It's okay for me to see potential. It's okay for me to help out a family in need. That's actually part of what I want to do in my studio. I don't want to stop doing that. I actually enjoy that part of, of, of what we do, but I didn't have any system in place for how that worked before. And so moving forward, there is no little extra thing that happens. There is no little, um, you know, above and beyond thing that happens without somebody's signature <laughs> and without mm -hmm. rules and and regulations. And that sounds like not so lovey-dovey, but it, but it actually isn't. It's a transaction. And so, yes, I can still be generous. Yes, I can still help out a child that um, whose family need it or who I see potential in. And I do do that on a regular basis, but it also comes with um, an agreement from the parents that if they get themselves into a situation where financially things change, that we will renegotiate and they will step up. That means that if I see them take a holiday to Bali and then also tell uh. me they can't afford their fees we can have a conversation about that and they know that conversation is coming. It also means that if they, you know, if they can't pay their fees with me, but I see them going off and doing this convention and that convention and this extra thing and buying that brand new costume and doing all of the kind of extra things, but not actually paying for the, the service that I provide, then we can have a discussion about that. So I essentially wrote this list of terms and conditions and it grows and evolves all the time. Every time someone does something that really hurts my feelings, 
it goes on the terms and conditions for next year's, you know, scholarship program. And I actually keep, I used to just be like, yes, this for you and leotard for you and, you know, a term full of fees off for you. And I just used to just do it willy nilly. Now I actually keep a tally. I say I have this much money to be generous with. This is the amount of money that I can afford. Okay, that's a lesson learned. Right, in the business. And how will I divvy that up? Instead of it just being, well, I like that kid a lot, so she gets a lot. And I really hate that mother, so she just gets a bit. So, <laughs> like, it actually, instead of doing that now, I actually go, this is the amount. What's fair? How can I divvy it up to make sure that everybody, I can help and support as many families as possible, but also do it on my terms and conditions? And can I just say, Ree, for anyone who's listening and going, oh, I need to do that. The most important part of this is that if the child, the part they sign is if the child decides to leave to go to another dance studio in our neighbourhood, then they pay back the scholarship amount from the, when the scholarship started. That's part Ooh. of the terms and conditions. They're allowed to go off and do further study. They're allowed to go to the Australian Ballet School. They're allowed to go full-time in Melbourne. They're allowed to, to go to the next step of learning. They're also allowed to go to soccer or to, like, go and be a marine biologist or whatever it is that they want. They don't have to. They don't sign up that their child has to love dancing forever and graduate. But if they choose to leave my dancing, my dance education facility to go to another dance education facility up the road, they will pay that money back. And my, law, like and, and my lawyer has executed several of those letters <laughs> that says, actually, this is what you signed and this is what is, – here's your invoice. I would like to add one more thing. You just did an awesome job. One of the lessons I learned in this area is that if I do help someone out, I'll say something like, this is good for three months. This is good for six months. Mm -hmm. We'll revisit it at that time. That helps you to avoid that they were sincerely in trouble, but now they're doing fine and they're at Disney and they haven't said anything. To you. <laughs> right. Because you didn't ask. Yes. Because you didn't, so you felt me, you felt weird about it. You felt weird about talking about money. You feel weird about like like those conversations don't come easily to a lot of us. So put a deadline on everything that you're going to do, so you can create a budget and and know where you stand and how long a kid is going to be on a scholarship and when you could maybe potentially give it to someone else or you'll know where you stand. I, I, I think people take advantage and this is the perfect way to avoid it. Yeah. One of the other big lessons that I've learned and this lesson took me so long. In fact, this was the lesson that got us talking about this in the first place, Ree, was that when there is a member of my team that is not the right vibe, that is not the right culture, that doesn't, isn't a team player, Instead of being scared to have the conversation and instead of being scared to, you know, talk about the little, all the little things that happen along the way, all the little red flags. In the early days of my business, I avoided those discussions. I avoided those confrontations. I just stuck my head in the sand and hoped for the best. I hoped that they would change. I hoped that if I gave them more professional development or if I gave them more praise or if I gave them more 
I don't know, cupcakes at the staff meeting that they would get it together and actually do what they needed to do in order to do their job well. But that like that doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Often. No, it's you are so right. I think because we're artists, our instincts tell us when we're in circumstances that might not be the best, whether that's a faculty person or maybe an administrator. And we push it off and push it off because the confrontation of it scares us more than <laughs> the fact that this teacher is losing 50% of her students. Yes. I, I know that sounds weird, but it is a truth. I look at it as that's, that's like my key. That's how I'm going. I need to go and say, you know, this is the teacher who's losing 50% of her students, by the way. I have to make some time to sit down and talk to her and say, you know, I really, when I hired you, I was really excited about what you were bringing to my studio. But I feel like there is a big, uh, I'm trying to think of a better word than dropout, but I can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your retention uh, is not so strong. We're losing a lot of your students. I would rather approach it early to see if I could do something for that teacher to make it better, number one. Mm -hmm maybe switch the class to a different teacher because she's good somewhere else. Like rather than six months later being so upset with her skills <laughs> that it turns into a negative thing and then a stress ball that happens at the wrong time. Oh yeah, year. absolutely. And, I want to say this about a faculty person, um, since we're frank on this show, I call it a dud. I hired a faculty <laughs> and they're a dud. <laughs> Once I've determined it, now listen, I don't do it overnight. Please don't think that. But once I've determined that this teacher is not the right fit, I'm pursuing someone to fill that slot. And I'm going to try to do my best to replace that person long enough for my clientele to have enough time to forget about them before the end of the year. Do you follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. And why do I say that? Because I would rather hang on to the 10 kids that are left out of the 17 than continue to lose the kids. But so many of us don't, Reese. Some of us say, oh, I'll deal with that next season. Oh, no, I'll they deal do. With it. My mother used to say, after the recital, yeah. after the recital, yeah. okay? Yeah. yeah. Everything happened after. Like, there's no time to think about this, this now. And I look at it and I go, nah, we're a business owner. We've been at this a long time. We know how things work, how we want things done. It's easy for us to determine, to determine whether it's the right fit or not. And if we discover that it's not good for our business, 
we should have the confidence to make change. As hard Amen. as that change may be. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, saying this, but I'm also the guy who did it myself a few times. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah. To avoid the confrontation part of what my instinct was telling me I needed to do. So yeah. I don't want anybody to go, well, he can do that and I can't. No, I'm going to tell you it's a very difficult thing to do. So in saying that, Ree, my best advice to any of my studio owner coaching clients in that situation is get someone else to help you. Because I think a lot of the time when it is hard and we're thinking, oh, I have to have that conversation. I have to be there. Oh, gosh, I ha I know my instinct's right, but I don't want to, you know, pull the plug. Get someone to help you. So get someone to stand alongside of you, whether it's a HR person, whether it's an, another staff member, whether it's somebody that's, um, you know, your administrator. Don't go through this process alone. I know when I had to fire my first staff member because of this situation, like exactly the same thing. My instinct knew it was wrong. I avoided the conversation. We'll do it after the recital. I um, reached out to my business mentor and she came with me and she sat next to me and she was, she was there the whole time, not only to hold me accountable to make sure I did it, <laughs> But also because I needed support and I, I didn't actually, once it got, once the conversation got going, I didn't actually need her, but her being in the room, it, it meant that the conversation was important. Like the, the other person could see it was important. I could see it was important. I could see it was necessary. And it just gave me the bravery, that little bit of bravery that I needed to be able to, to, to get the job done. And so I think you, a lot of the time we feel like, being a studio owner is is a very lonely profession yeah and but we do have people around us that can support us in those moments and I think it's important to know that you're not failing if you're doing that in fact that's probably a really good decision for you so I know you guys are heading into the start of your seasons I encourage you to keep your spidey senses on and keep that intuition high if you get a feeling and you need to make some changes that's okay it doesn't mean that you've failed it just means that this is another learning another lesson Along the journey. I'll say this about instinct. Uh, n not so related to dance, but life. If you said, Re on your journey, what lesson do you feel is the most important? It is that when it comes to the lessons learned, I feel like you get smarter and smarter and smarter as time gets on, goes on. And therefore, I, I look at the lessons learned as education. I know there's herd in there and there's all this other stuff, but at age 62, I live a much better life because of the thousands of lessons along the journey. Mm -hmm. It's like here's simple ones for a studio owner, simple lessons. When I started, I would go out and say to the moms, what do you think of the choreography? 
they realize the moms are telling me their opinions about every piece of choreography, etc. Yeah. Okay. But I'm a younger teacher. I want the encouragement from these moms who've never choreographed a damn dance in their whole life. Another one that I learned the hard way was going out and asking what they thought of the costume. It took me one year to learn. I went from what do you think of the costume to running out with this huge smile on my face and saying, look how beautiful this costume is. It took me one year to learn that lesson. Yep. That's a good one. It, it's it's in our fields. It's It's... It's this consistency to, oh, that's something I shouldn't do again. That could be related to your competitive program. That could be related to your preschool program. Um, but you'll be better. Yes. You'll be better. And you'll know better. <laughs> when we know better, we do better. I was like, and- when you were saying that out loud that you... <laughs> went out and asked what they thought of the choreography. I, I like had a physical reaction, <laughs> pain in my chest, like, oh, my gosh. What are you I thinking? I thought, <laughs> and wait, I, if you're a younger teacher, I'm going to say this because this is what I thought. I'm going back to my younger mind, that if I got them involved, somehow that would make them more loyal to me. Okay. Get it? So there was like method that- behind your madness. Yeah, there was a method behind my madness. But so overall, what's the lesson I learned is I don't say too much to the parents other than things that are absolutely positive. Mm. I have this way of being the person that is somebody might be complaining and I'll say... Uh, maybe they're not so happy with the ballet costume for whatever reason. I said, but did you see the tap one? Did you see how gorgeous that costume is? Not all of them are going to be winners. Have a great day. Have a great day. <laughs> I love Here's that. something else. Um, I, I did this at the conference, but I'll share it. I You can't visually see this. It's too bad. For that mom that's coming at you in between the two classes, and this works 100%. The mom's coming at you. You're moving from one room to the other. You're still sweating from the last class. You thought you were going to the restroom, <laughs> but the mom's coming to you. You look at her and you say, wait, wait, stop. I'm in too good a mood for this. I just got done with this great class with your daughter in it. I'm moving to my next class. I'd like to hit the restroom. You seem really stressed. I respect that, but I need you to go to the office and make an appointment. Beautiful. And I'll be happy to spend time with you. But as soon as you like kind of wave your hands and you go, wait, wait, stop. I'm in too good a mood for this. Their mouths drop open. Yeah. And most of the time, once they go home and think about it, 
they'll cancel the appointment they made for next Wednesday because it's actually not that big a deal. They're just having a bad day. That is (laughs) it 100%. So what's the lesson learned? You could take what that mom's, let's say, vibe was and get upset about it. Or you know in the back of your head that 50% of these people don't keep the appointment. So really, why should you take on any stress related to that situation? Yeah. Um, You probably heard me say that, but what really, say this before, but what really happened was that mom took the time to make a meatloaf And it fell when she took it out of the oven. And you're the first person that she's seen since she dropped the meatloaf. Yeah. I didn't hear you say that before. She dropped the meatloaf. Here she comes. She dropped the meatloaf. (laughs) And wait, another lesson learned. Make light of things sometimes. Don't take it all so seriously. If you are got a stressful situation, try to say something that will bring a smile to the other person's face instead of if they're coming at you for a fight, you don't offer a fight. Yeah. You say, is there something else bothering you? This seems like a lot over a ballet costume. Mm. Yes. Instead of you. And you're probably this. the only person that's asking them in their life, Ray. You're the, like no one else is saying, are you okay? Right. Right. And they're probably not going to answer you, but it's really going to make them think. Yeah. I think we're pulled in. This is in life in general, not just dance. Pulled into things that waste our time and stress us out because of how we react to other people. That if we have the ability to go, ooh, I think she's having a bad day, and that satisfies us and we don't have to fire back, man, could we save a lot of stress and hard to fall asleep nights. Absolutely. That comes with confidence. And I think I've either said it on this podcast or the one we did previously. That kind of confidence can come and go. You can be able to do that in particular situations with particular people and not be so good at it with others. Ultimately, you'd like to be that good across the board. But I can tell you I'm very good at it with parents. Mm -hmm. But I'm not so good at it with friends or associates. <laughs> I'm a very passionate man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the thing about confidence, Ray, is like as you're talking about the like that mum coming up to you in the hallway, in my in the early days of my studio, that stuff would have really rattled me. But the more confident I become as a studio owner, the more confident I am in our product, the more confident I am in our teachers and what we produce and um, the great opportunities we give our kids, the impact we make on the world, come at me. Drop your meatloaf and come at me. Like I, we're doing good work. If you can't see that, there's 
there's 15 other schools for you to choose from that you can go to. But I did not have that confidence in the early days. I was like, oh, please don't leave me. Oh, uh, please. I'll How do long anything. Do I'll do anything. How long do you think it took you? I mean, it's probably not years that it took me. It's probably professional development that I've done. It's about, it. it's about lo- learning and growing within myself. It does it. And it, that that learning and growing can be about business development, but it also is personal development as well. Like growing, growing and learning myself, going to therapy, working with other people, you know, finding out what it is that makes me tick. What are the patterns that get me really triggered that I've got, you know, from my childhood that I need to revisit? What what are the, all of those things? The more I grow as a person, the more my business grows, and the more confidence I get to be able to make, you know, good decisions. I think that's what it comes down to. I think self-exploration is one of the things that uh, gives you confidence. And sometimes one mom could ask a particular question and you're not sensitive to it. Another mom asks a question and you analyze yourself and why that question bothered you and there's something deeper to it absolutely than the question and you're right it could be childhood it could be something that was repeated that you've long let go but you didn't really let it go yeah when when i came back from the conference rate oh, we had a staff meeting and one of the staff members you know said while you were away this mother complained about this and i almost like flipped the table i was like how dare she Ra-da-da-da-da, and everyone just looked at me and they were like you're tired are you jet lagged <laughs> like have you eaten today <laughs> and then once i went and had a snack i felt a whole lot better <laughs> about that situation <laughs> So you need to learn about yourself, about what you need. And in my case, I need blood sugar. A snack. Yeah. <laughs> I need not to Say to yourself before you stress out, do I need a snack or not? Yeah. Get yourself a snack. <laughs> I love that. It's so it's so funny because um I'm going off now on a different topic, but I was, I was talking with parents at Seoul and I said to them and they roared in laughter. I said, do you know, I'm a 62 year old man and I didn't need a snack when I was growing up one time. And I'm here to tell you that (laughs) because the parents of today will that you'll say the class is a half hour. They'll go, is there a snack break? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <Can I? laughs> no, there's no snack break. I, I've had a, now, listen, I know I'm supposed to adjust to the times of today. I have a ha- hard time with the snack thing. <laughs> I just want to get that off my chest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you'll get snack tips and many other things from Regold at next year's Dance Life Teacher Conference at the Mohegan Sun in July. We do hope you can join us. That's what today's podcast episode has been brought to you by. Of course, we're going to be there. We're going to have a great time. Um, Re, the the lessons that we learned, we talked about before, they're the things that help us grow. They're the things that help us grow our business and grow as people. 
thank you for sharing the lessons that you have learnt. It's not always easy for us to re like to dig back into those hard times because they come with a lot of PTSD, a lot of stress. Um, but I think it's important for other people to know that if you're having a hard time at the moment, it's it's just for now. It won't be forever and you'll come yes. out the other side of it and you can learn from it and that's always a good thing too. Before I say enjoy the journey to everybody, I want to say something about lessons learned. If you're a studio owner or a dance teacher and you stress out over the little things, Think about how you survived these last three years through COVID and all that we have been through as a profession and as a world and say to yourself, I have learned that I am going to appreciate my opportunity to teach kids dance, even with the stressful situations that may come my way and realize that one day you will be so smart and you'll be too old to do anything with it. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody, and enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 